Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to Red Inca. I'm Jared Kimber. We are going to talk about the biggest surprises in the World Cup so far. It was quite kind of funny. I got um, people on Discord to do it and, and my, uh, my team to have a look at it. And there was even a couple that they missed. It has been a surprisingly surprising World Cup so far is the best way of putting it. Uh, if you are in the comments, uh, if, you've, if you've got a question for me, obviously Super Chat's the best way to go. But if you just want to bring it, put in your surprise, Dr. Day Walker has Netherlands versus South Africa. Um, who else do we have here? Um, Suresh Alam's got Netherlands low order batting. Although I'm not sure that should be a surprise because they did that against West Indies as well, didn't they? Um, uh, and uh, uh, Dr. Daywalker, South Africa batting first wins the game most of the time. Well, that's not a surprise for them. But if you do have one, put them in the comments. Or if you've got something that you're desperate to ask me, also put that in. But I'm going to go through as many as I can. Um, I got a massive list from uh, you know, pa- the Patreon supporters and everyone else. Cricket is about partnerships and this show was made in partnership with HCL Tech. Yeah, the company you see on the Australian shirts. Supercharge your technology with them today. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, Glenn Phillips is bowling. He's one of the first. And, and it's a weird one to start on, but considering he came in as their sixth best bowler, uh, maybe their seventh best bowler, depending on how you feel about... Well, Nisham was in one of the early games, wasn't he? Um, and they've got so much out of him and he's taken so many wickets. Obviously struggled a little bit more um, in the last game when he had to bowl out. But it would be hard to say that Glenn Phillips, who started as a wicketkeeper, who came into this side is like their seventh bowling choice. Uh, bowling as well as he has is not uh, a surprising thing. Just have a look where he is on the wickets takers. I mean, he must be above some really good players. Uh, like he's above, Sir- he's got six wickets. So his equal was Siraj. Um, you know, he's ahead of Wokes, Taskin Armored, you know, Mark Wood, uh, the Fizz. It's ridiculous. It is surprising. Marco Janssen is another one. Uh, we got that a few times as well. And Marco Janssen, I think what is surprising with him is the batting is slightly less surprising because I think they were on, a, on an upward tick uh, with him. You know, there, there was certainly enough to say that they were going to get someone average 20 to 25 and occasionally get them some beginnings. And when they needed someone, you know, be able to chip it around, I think he has those basic skills. Uh, but also the hitting ability, um, the fact that they probably, feel, even if they're wrong, well, they, I'm not saying they are wrong, but even if they turn out to be wrong, they probably feel a lot more confident now with the number seven position than they have, like forever, <laughs> like a very, very long time. But then the flip side for me is Marco Janssen bowling, of course, which is, Coming into this tournament, I was shocked at how bad he had gone in the power play. And 
you know, as someone who heard about him before they saw him and followed him in the IPL and, you know, these other leagues he's played in, watching him play in international cricket, he should be able to take early wickets. I'm not always expecting him. I think he's taking a wicket every 16 balls or something ridiculous at the moment in the power play. He's taking a wicket in every single power play, of course. Um, that That is probably not what I would have expected, but I would have expected someone who can swing the ball sometimes, seam it sometimes, has height and has pace to be able to get fairly consistent wickets in the power play. But he's gone from one of the worst power play bowlers in the world to one of the best. And this just talks to you so much about form and some of these other teams who came in with players who are more battle-tested and ready for their roles and have gone absolutely nowhere. And then the guy that South Africa threw in there has just been like, yeah, I was okay number seven before, but I'm going to become a really good one now. And I was a terrible power play bowler before. Now I'm going to try and be the best in the world. It's a hell of a turning around. Uh, someone else said the Champions Trophy qualification. I mean, that's funny on many different levels. One, that the ICC hadn't made a big enough deal about it before that a lot of people didn't know about it. Two, that the teams specifically who should have known about it didn't. Um, that it was very weird that it wasn't a bigger thing. That the ICC didn't make a very big deal of it coming into this tournament as well. And I know they probably don't want to go away from uh, from that, but I get press releases from the ICC and all sorts of crap all the time. Um, it would not have been that hard to just go. And of course, in this World Cup, I mean, I've heard things about Aramco a lot. Um, who are one of the world's worst polluters pretending that they're helping the ICC with their, <laughs> with, their, um, um, with their recycling. I think I could have heard more about the Champions Trophy. Um, and certainly some of the teams felt that way. Aryan Dutt is another one that came up when we were asking for the biggest surprises. Uh, certainly one there that um, uh, I think coming into the World Cup, as I think I've talked about this before, but I'd seen him bowl and I thought he was okay and maybe in a couple of years we'd see him develop a little bit more i'd seen him get hit a lot i just i thought technically there was a lot going on that was right but i didn't expect this i actually thought they should have brought pringle um who is uh uh who played some games or not as good a bowler but you know just a clever cricketer like um you know combat a bit as well but Aaron dutt has been brilliant um at what he's been asked to do what would he be there third main bowler in this side probably him or him or Baz Delita would be the third main bowler um incredible that he's done as well as he has uh, someone else said Omazai with the bat um uh, with the ball uh just playing everywhere at the moment I got another one here that says lack of swing for the left armors is definitely a surprise I would say lack of swing for right armors has been a bit of a surprise I do think that with the wobble ball we have seen less swing in two reasons one is that as you bowl the wobble ball more bowlers like chris Wokes don't try and swing it as much and and that's understandable well, i think the other reason uh is also that even the players who are not always using the wobble ball have tried it and most bowlers i've talked to have said that once you go to the wobble ball it does affect your swing and you don't swing the ball as much as you used to afterwards uh, that's not always been the case i think Sean Pollock and Jimmy Anderson would be perfect examples of that not being the case, but a lot of bowlers have that trouble. So I think that some bowlers who have even tried wobble balls, like someone like Mitchell Stark, who you know spent a good couple of years trying to get the wobble ball to work, now has gone back to swing, probably doesn't swing the ball as much as he used to. Uh, but we haven't really seen that many swing bowlers in this tournament either. But it's, uh, it's certainly an interesting one going ahead. Someone else said, I'm not sure about this, but Ratcham Ravindjup, almost being in the conversation for, you know, player of the tournament. Look, I, I think at one stage, he was, right, fairly early on. He's probably not there at all. But Ratcham Ravindra, as a concept, is surprising, right? Like this, I don't know, what would you even call him? A backup to your backup to your backup. Um, 
kind of player that they were using out of position and he's still out of position and he's been um, sensational for them. Uh, what else have we got? New Zealand beating the world um, champions with three bowlers. That's less surprising now, but it was pretty surprising when it happened, wasn't it? It's That's one of those things that it's some, some days when we're doing, you know, maybe less this, but maybe a piece at the end of the tournament or whatever. It's incredible to think that, that is how that wo- this World Cup started, right? With New Zealand having no fit players, having to pick, you know, one less bowler, um, and then just absolutely smashing England in the face. And we thought that England would, you know, at least not be that bad from then on in. But they've been pretty much that bad ever since. Um, someone else said Afghanistan pulling off admirable chases. I think that's very fair, isn't it? Um, the uh, I think South uh, Afghanistan being good is acceptable. I think I had them as I think I had them as uh, three wins for their high end. They're already there, and they still certainly have a chance of making four or five. Um, so I don't think we were surprised that they could win games, but winning them in the way that they uh, won them is absolutely that. That is another level. Um, I think that's that is definitely something that is surprising. Uh, to see what else has been in the uh, room, uh, let's have a look. Um, Kieran says England's batting f- failing to make more than um, failing to bat more than thirty-five overs in three of the six matches. I think, as I, I said, Kieran, before that, you know, one of the interesting things about that is that they're actually losing their wickets every twenty-four balls, so they're actually batting to only last 40 overs in total. It is, so it is absolutely remarkable. You're right there. It would be hard to disagree with that. Um, all things cinema saying, Baba Azam um, shitting the bed. I mean, yes. I think I think he was in a bit of a form funk coming in. Um, and so, Pat, but all the, having said that, there, were all, there have been times during the series as well where he's looked okay. But yes, even if you factor in he was in a bit of a form uh, slump beforehand, this has been pretty bad. I think, the more surprising thing for him is the um, spinners. And my guess is, you know, uh, that there was probably a lot of people put a lot of money on him to be one of the top batters. And, like, he's not even in the conversation, is he? Um, who else we got here? Oh, Nitesh says, uh, Dilshan Matashanka being one of the, the bowlers swinging it consistently. I would say he's more surprising that um, he's done as well as he has just because... Some of the other left armors like Bolt and Stark have not taken wickets. Shaheen hasn't been very good in the power play either. So Matashanka, slightly different bowler than those other guys, maybe in some ways even a more traditional swing bowler than some of those other guys. Um, but I think he's been surprising in that, you know, we talked about Janssen. Well, Matashanka is the second best power play bowler, right? And, you know, look at some of the bowls in this tournament. Um, this is a good one. Uh, All Things Cinema says, Angelo Matthews turning up and blasting out England. I mean, that was hilarious, right? I mean, I- absolutely surprising is one thing, but that was dead set hilarious uh, that we got to, uh, <laughs> that happened. Um, that, he, that he came back is surprising. That he was in the 11 was surprising. That he took wickets, come on. Where do we go with it? I thought it was surprising when he took a wicket in 2019. <laughs> How is he still taking wickets now? Um, absolutely um, support, um, um, uh, surprising. Uh, Someone has said Temba Vuma not performing well enough. Well, he's not been, uh, that's Amon, sorry. Yeah, he, he certainly hasn't made the runs that he should have uh, so far. Hasn't mattered, everyone else has been in form. Uh, in fact, they can almost go into the game with four batters. They could just tell Miller and, is Miller, is Miller the other one who hasn't made runs, I think? Or maybe hasn't made as many runs. You can tell Miller and Temba to take the day off the way that some of these guys have managed. Uh, uh, and 
Abdullah Shafiq coming in as a replacement Omar with less than three games of experience and doing this well. It's a very fair, fair call. Um, it's uh, uh, definitely he was a player who he was a player who you just a bit like Ravindra. Why would you think that that those sorts of players would have an impact? It doesn't mean that we think they're rubbish or anything, but they're coming to a World Cup. They haven't played a lot. They're going to be, you know, I mean, we didn't even know if we'd get a game. Absolutely, I, I give you that. Uh, what else have we got from earlier today from Patreon and my friends? Um, oh, yeah. Um, so someone put in Stark not being the ball of the tournament. I don't think that is surprising because he'd been so good for two World Cups in a row. You, just, you know, you assume there'll be some regression there or, you know, he won't have as good a tournament. And I don't think he's quite the white ball bowler he was during the last two tournaments. However, um, he's been terrible, right? He's been very, very poor. And uh, I think he's got one wicket in the middle overs. He's not striking up top. Um, that is more of a surprise. And, you know, I, I, someone asked the other day about he's you know, saying he, he doesn't do very well in India ODIs. Well, he's done very well in Asian ODIs in general, and he absolutely blitzed the season of the IPL. He's not the same bowler he was as when he uh, blitzed the IPL. That is very fair. And I do think there's some technical problems. Well, not technical problems. I think he changed the kind of bowler he was and it hasn't helped him. However, having said all of that, um, he should be better than he is. And that's certainly disappointing. Um, there's a hundred questions about England, but here's a, a, or a hundred points about England, I should say. But one is how have England been, how bad England have been considering there were no signs of how that bad they've been pre-tournament. I, I think that's quite interesting, but I wonder, <laughs> we didn't really see them as a full team. I suppose we did slightly against New Zealand. Um, it felt like they were foxing all the way there, which is probably part of the reason they have struggled, of course. But yes, the fact that there weren't signs is kind of surprising and not surprising. But part of it is that they didn't play that much. And if they had played more beforehand as a you know full strength team, they would have been a little bit different there. Uh, Netherlands performance, but despite the top order being non-existent. Yeah, I think that is definitely surprising because if you were to say to me that Netherlands would have won two games now and that their openers would be averaging minus 25, um, I think I would have, I think I would have doubted you. I'm not sure I would have, um, I would have taken that one. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a very, very good one. The Netherlands have, and, and it goes back to that West Indies game. I know they didn't fail in that West Indies game, but they left their back order. Were they four or five down? Four down, I think. Um, needing 200 in that game as well. Um, and so that bottom order is just keeps stepping up. And, and it's, you know, it's like Engelbrecht, it's Nita Manuro. So it's not even like always the regular players other than Logan and, and Edwards. Uh, what else have we got here? Oh, Kusul Mendes' approach in the early part of the tournament. Again, that goes back to the New Zealand three bowlers thing. I've almost completely forgotten that Kusul Mendes started this tournament like someone had lit his ass on fire, right? He just came at this tournament um, and, you know, absolutely uh, blew everyone apart. Good batting wickets, but he, he could have batted at a run of ball too. He absolutely went for them. Um, so, yeah, I think that was certainly, uh, that's a good one. And then we've got Shaheen and uh, Harris Ralph's lack of penetration. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I still think Shaheen's been good, but I don't think he's been penetrating. I think he's been clever, which is different. And, you know, he still managed to, what would he, what would he have now? He must be fairly high up the wicket takers list, isn't he? Yeah. So he's second now, but he hasn't penetrated, especially early on the way we expect. If anything, it's, it's not that he hasn't been penet, uh, he hasn't penetrated. Now it sounds like a weird sex podcast, but it's that he hasn't taken wickets early on. 
That's what's been surprising. And he's taken so many late, later on, and it's not something that we are as used to with him. Someone said here, how about South Africa being chasing versus setting a total? That's got to be just someone pranking me. Uh, that can't be. That can't be legit. Um, I'll take a quick break here, and then after the break, we'll come back with a few more. I know there's a, a super chat uh, from Rake Jake. I will get to that uh, at the end. Uh, but you're listening to Red Inca with Jared Kimber. And quick break, and then we'll be back. Have you ever wondered how I watch so much cricket? I use VPNs to log into accounts from all around the world. But because before, even simple things like when something exciting would happen in a match, I would rush over to social media, and when I got there, the clips would say something along the lines of, this video is not available in your area. In fact, most of the coolest cricket stuff in the world at the moment is geo-blocked because some random board didn't sign a deal where you happen to live. If you're a hardcore cricket nerd, the only way is to have a VPN. And we suggest Surfshark. They will give you the speed of your favorite quick bowler. They're as inventive as a T20 batter after a bunch of dot balls, and they're as secure as a specialist wicketkeeper with the softest hands in the world. And guess what? The kind folks at Surfshark are going to give you a deal. Enter the promo code Kimba for an extra three months free at surfshark.deals forward slash Kimba. There are probably other things that Surfshark can help you with, like data and identity theft and traceability and intrusive advertising. But for us, it is our best weapon against the evil cricket geoblock. Go to Surfshark and type my name in K-I-M-B-E-R and get three months free today. All right. Welcome back. Someone has said my, uh, all things cinema podcast has said my uh, Hindi uh, YouTube channel. That's actually been there for ages. A few people had already subscribed, so someone must have seen it. But yes, it's, I think it was a su- surprise to most people that I suddenly had a Hindi channel, which you can go check out. Although if you're listening to me, you probably don't need to check it out. Unless you just want to for fun, of course. Um, I think Keshev, and also we ha- I had this a couple of times, which was Kane Williamson recovering from an ACL injury that quickly. I would say that was already surprising. And then copping a throw on his thumb and putting him back out for another month. Might be the best injury for his knee that he's ever had, but certainly not for his hand. Um, I'm not sure if that is surprising or just weird, um, or I don't know. It's kind of like an Alanis Morissette song. Um, uh, South Africa being out play- played by the Netherlands, uh, but standing up to everyone else. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I think they didn't really stand up to Pakistan, did they? So, again, South Africa chasing. Scott Edwards is batting. Look, I think Scott Edwards has been pretty good for a while now. Um, he didn't do well in the T20s. I- I'm sure I commentated on him making some runs against, I want to say, England. Maybe it was West Indies. Um when when they had all those games. Um, he's certainly been someone on my radar for a long time, uh, you know, the way he plays and everything else. But perhaps getting to the level he's got to at the moment um, is a little bit more surprising. This is this is good. This is right in my wheelhouse, this one. Santner going on a wicket-taking spree for the first four games. So he's actually, I think he's slowed down with his wickets since then, hasn't he? And he's gone back and he could end up still with a bowling average of around 35 to 40. Right. Um, I don't think he will. I think I think he'll manage to keep it lower because he took so many wickets to start with. But yeah, if, if you'd have said to me before the tournament that Santner would because I had him in tier four of my spinners. But if you have said to me that Santner would have a, a, a tournament where he goes at about five runs and over, four point nine runs and over, maybe takes wicket at set forty five, I would have said that's a good tournament for him. He should take that, right? He's got bowling average of 24 or something at the moment. Absolutely ridiculous um, how well he's gone. Uh, who else we got here? Uh, Shammy. Shammy's bowling average is eight at the moment. Yeah, 
I mean, maybe, you know, I've done a couple of projects on this recently uh, on almost every channel I have, but maybe it should be less surprising. Um, you know, I did mention at the start of the tournament that he had, you know, one of the best strike rates of, you know, ODI cricket ever. Doesn't mean he's got to average eight, of course, but certainly he's been an above average um, strike rotator for a very, very long time. Uh, so I think that's very fair. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Aaron Dutt and Roloff out bowling Pakistan spinners. Um, well, Roloff hasn't had a particularly good tournament, right? I, I think he's going at over five and over, uh, averaging 55. It, it's funny, the two spinners I got the most kickback on was Roloff and Santner for the World Cup. And Santner's gone one direction, Roloff's got, you know, gone the other. So I got, I'm halfway between those two. Uh, but people were very upset that I had them both as low as I did. Um, but Colin Ackerman's taken wickets. But, but there's no doubt. I think he would be hard pressed to say that Aaron Dart is not, um, what's he got? He's got eight wickets at 32 and under five runs and over. Like Pakistan and Sri Lanka would take that as their main spinner right now. Um, I know we've already talked about it before, but I, I don't think it's as surprising that Pakistan spinners were bad because, again, I flagged that before the tournament. But I do think it's surprising that Aryan Dutt is the person who's made them look even worse. Uh, uh, Tikshana is another one that I thought is, is definitely worth having a look at. I had him in tier one of my spinners. I don't think he's bowled poorly. He's just... Him and Majib, I know they're very similar bowlers, um, Majib's what got six wickets um, so far. Yeah, he's got six wickets, and Tikshana has far, uh, three wickets in five games, an average of seventy-six. His economy rates five, so he's holding the line. Then maybe not quite as good as he would like it. And if he got a couple more wickets, he would bring that down. Um, but I, I would have expected him to probably take like 1.2 wickets a game. I don't think I was expecting him to take loads, but I I'd expected him to take 1.2 wickets a game and through that end up with a very good economy. And he, he, look, he's he struggled in this tournament so far and he missed some of the really good batting pitches as well, uh, which, you know, he's probably very um, happy he did now. Um, we did Angelo Matthews. Um, Australia relying heavily on their openers. Again, I think that was something that we looked at before the World Cup, that Australia had a problem with their middle. I think they thought their middle would magically come together, which is a very Australian thing to do at a World Cup. We just put good batters there. They'll work it out. Um, but if you looked at the numbers beforehand, I would probably say that that is less surprising than perhaps some other people might be, uh, might think it is, um, especially when you factor in the spin, which I don't think I'd looked at until maybe the first game. And then suddenly you're just like, wow, okay, this is going to be tough for them. South Africa consistently going in with four paces and, and no Shamsi. Yeah, I think this is surprising. Um, I don't think it's like, oh, I can't. I don't think it's like Angela Matthews has two for against England and they're sending them out of the tournament. Surprising. Um, but I think it is, I, I think it's certainly on the, on the realms of we all thought because they had two good spinners who spun it in two different directions, that they would probably go three seam and two spin. I wonder if early on they weren't sure about Marco Janssen. Uh, you know, very early on, we're talking about here. And maybe they thought by having the fourth spinner and the uh, four, four seamer in the side, uh, that that would allow them to, to mitigate his issues. They could almost use him in, as a middle overs, um, bowler then, uh, if it wasn't working for him, which is possible. I think that's, that's fine. Um, but yes, I think, um, 
it's still surprising, but it is a South African thing. And all their seamers have done so well that it, and, and seamers in this tournament, as that was one of the questions that someone had before. Have I actually, have I brought that one up? Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, so Nitish said, Virat Kohli bowling. I love it. Uh, Death Nell said, Pace is having such a big impact on an Asian World Cup. I think that's a very, very fair thing. I really want to get to this in a, in a proper video and have a look at the numbers. And, uh, you know, I don't know how far we can go back with World Cups. I think we might be able to have a look at all the World Cups and see how Pace and Spin have done as, at each tournament. Um, but as it currently, as it, you know, we all, we've seen that the seamers maybe haven't been quite as good at the start. Um, and haven't swung the ball or got the, wobble, the ball to wobble. But through the rest of the innings, I would say that the seamers have been outstanding. Um, and spinners, it looked early on, especially through Maxwell and Phillips like, and Ashwin, this was going to be like an off-spinning World Cup, right? Or, or certainly a finger-spinning World Cup. But again, that hasn't quite been the case, certainly not the way that I would have expected it to be. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, quite interesting as well. Um, Parth, I've got your super chat, so I'll get to that at the end when... Um, uh, when we get there, um, what else have we got? <laughs> uh, Pakistan's abysmal bowling. That's probably pretty fair. That's surprising. Um, you, you'll probably put Sri Lanka's in there too, by the way, because yes, they've had injuries. They've still had a lot of their best bowlers now. And I think they bowled better in the second part of the tournament, but they were really bad <laughs> in the first part. Uh, certainly not getting any wickets through spin when you had, uh, uh, Wellalage and um, Tikshana in your side. Even Dan uh, Dan and the Silver, the old DDS, he's bowled horribly in a tournament where part-time off-spinners have done quite well. Um, uh, England winning one game out of six. Yeah, and I think that's different than them not making any runs at us being surprised. I mean, you could have them on the list about eight different ways. Um, but yes, I certainly think that that was an issue. Uh, so not uh, that was surprising because even if I was to say to you that they played horrible so far in this tournament, you'd be like, okay, but what's their record? And if you said one, one and um, one win from six, you'd still be surprised at that. Bangladesh imploding, I suppose. Looking back on it, Tamim not being there at the top caused them some problems, but they've got some very experienced batters who also haven't made a lot of runs, and their bowlers have just not been very good. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't think any of us would have had Bangladesh down as a likely tenth finish. Even if you thought Netherlands had a good tournament, you still probably wouldn't have had Bangladesh as the likely last place. And they might not finish last, of course, but it's looking more that way. <laughs> Someone else has said Maxwell's golf injury. Yeah, that's a very, very fair one. Um, hey, I've said it before, I'll say it again, we should ban golf. Um, th this is a more cricket nerdy one, but I like this. Someone, uh, There's one here that says England dropping their all-rounders mid-tournament only to bring them back. I get that because what if England had played their all-rounders for three games and then decided that wasn't working and then went with specialists for three games, I think I would have thought to myself, they've given themselves a fair chance with the all-rounders and now they need to pivot. But they pivoted so early away from the all-rounders. I think it shows that they just, they're just not as ready for this as they should be. I mean, they would there's no lies. They know that themselves at this point. Uh, but I think that is probably another uh, part of that. Uh, England not throwing the kitchen sink at the white ball. Now, this is interesting, right? Because they're losing a wicket every 24 balls and they're not slogging. That's a, and, and, you know, we've seen the stats. Strike rotating is their biggest issue. That's such a weird, that, again, if, if you were to say England didn't make any runs in this tournament, everyone in their head would just be like, well, they've just tried to slog every single ball and it's gone horribly wrong. 
again, not not been the case. Um, so very interesting. Uh, Ratchet replacing Kane and then some. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to the point at which I don't think anyone was massively serious, but saying things like, will Kane get back in, right? Um, I think there's Ratchet having a good tournament that was surprising. I think there's Ratchet having the tournament he's had that is surprising. But also, New Zealand not missing Kane while Ratchet's been playing the way he is. So it's kind of triple decker. Um, uh, Netherlands winning two games. Yeah, I think I think that's another really, really uh, good one. I think we had them as two games as their best case scenario coming in, and they've they've been patchy, right? Like, and them and Afghanistan have been patchy at times, but when when it works, um, it really has been spectacular for uh, the Netherlands. And if you you think about the fact that they haven't got anything out of their top order after Max O'Dell was so successful for them in two T20 World Cups. You know, they haven't got anything out of that um, top order. Um, I think that has certainly uh, been surprising. Um, uh, and the, the, they were good in that first game against Pakistan. I'm trying to think. There's another game I thought, oh, was it the Sri Lanka one? They probably should have been more in that game as well. I, I, I think overall, if if I was running Dutch cricket or working for them, I'd be really happy with this. The fact that they're a chance of getting a third win is absolutely incredible. There's one other that's not on my list, and I, I thank you for everyone in the comments. I'll get to the comment ones in a moment. I'll take another quick break and go through them. But um, there's one other one that I did think was quite funny, which is uh, we're now in in the stage of the tournament where we are saying that Afghanistan losing to Bangladesh might be the reason they don't qualify for the semifinals. It may not be that they may not, you know, may not get that close anyway. But that's such a weird sentence to say out loud. It's to use the word of the day, surprising. All right. Uh, if you have any more super chats, certainly put them in. But if you have any more um, surprises that we haven't covered, I feel like we've covered everything, but you never know. Uh, please uh, get them in. Uh, I'm Jared Kimber. This is Red Inca. All right. Uh, we've got a couple more to finish up here. And thank you to everyone in the chat, uh, you know, and mine, Ashish. Uh, who else we got there? Yash, Amond, um, uh, R. Um, so many people again today. And as as with most days this World Cup, it's my second uh, recording of the day. Um, so thank you very much um, to everyone again. But let, let's just get through the last few and then we'll go to those super chats as well. Um, All Things Cinema has said David Willey's retirement plan. Is that surprising? I think we'll see a lot of retirements. Um, coming up, uh, I think we'll see a lot of players where where this is a there's not another 50 over World Cup for four years. Players don't care about the Champions Trophy massively. You don't really build your legacy in a Champions Trophy, do you? So I would assume that um, we'll see a few of those. But but I understand uh, why you've got it there. Sitesh says India winning the first six matches. I don't know. I kind of said beforehand they were the only team that didn't have a weakness, right? It's, I suppose it's surprising. Six games is something, you know, different wickets, different opposition, everything like that. But, but I'm not surprised that they haven't lost the game because they look like the best team coming in. Since then, you know, like Australia, New Zealand, England, Pakistan, you know, have all kind of fallen away at different times. Um, South Africa lost to the Netherlands. So... If if India is as good as they originally looked on paper, it would make sense that they would have won their games. 
But it's surprising when anyone wins six in a row. I can give you that. Um, yeah. Well, oh, sorry. And Kushal says, uh, Adam Zamper taking a four for after being um, <laughs> so um, so out of his mind that he didn't remember the first 15 overs. I mean, Adam Zamper's tournament, is it, I can't remember if it was the first two and a half games, he had absolutely, like, looked like he might never play again for Australia. Um, and is currently, is he the leading wicket taker? Was he second? What happened today? Yeah, leading wicket taker, right? In fact, if you look at the leading wicket takers list, this is really interesting. So you've got, this is second on the list, equal second. Um, Santner, no one's guessing he's going to be the second leading wicket taker, equal second leading wicket taker in this tournament. Or actually, it's probably not second, is it? But what would you call it? Um, uh, equal fourth, is it? Third, whatever it is. But he's on 14. Kotsia, we didn't even know if he would play, and he's there. Bumra, who's a defensive bowler, he's still got 14 wickets. Um, and then you, the three guys on 16 wickets. Marco Janssen, who hadn't taken any wickets for ages. Shaheen Afridi is the only guy, I would say, in that top six that if you'd asked me beforehand, I'd be like, yeah, I think he'll, uh, he'll be fine. And then the other one is Zampa. And certainly, I wouldn't have had Zampa as one of the leading wicket-takers in this tournament. I certainly wouldn't have had him as one of the leading wicket-takers after the tournament began. Um, so the, that whole list is surprising, if we're being honest. Uh, uh, but thank you to everyone again for coming on to Red Inca. So we've got a couple here. We've got Ray Jake. He said, hypothetically, the ICC have decided that for the rest of the game, South Africa will be batting first. It doesn't matter how, when, where, and why. South Africa batting first is as, is as fixed as Mohamed Amir no ball versus England. Uh, India still the favorites. Hmm. I think India like chasing. So it would, if it was, if India was another team that liked to bat first, that would change that argument a little bit. I think if India do have to chase against South Africa, we're going to have to see them chase between what? 320 and 400. That's hard at a World Cup and it hasn't happened very often. And, you know, unless you have a really flat pitch like the Pakistan Sri Lanka game against a fairly flat bowling attack, um, that would be very, very hard. Um, and South Africa would be very good at taking wickets early on and struggled a little bit taking wickets later on um, in the game so far. So, yes, I think that is, um, I think that would still be hard for India uh, in that case, but because they like chasing, because they have a batting lineup that is uh, so solid, Rake, I think, I, th- I think that they'd be okay with it. So no, I don't think that, but I think when South Africa bat first, they're as good as India. Problem is, I think when South Africa bat first, they're as good as Bangladesh. So maybe that's unfair. They're probably slightly better than Bangladesh, aren't they? They're as good as Netherlands. Maybe that's, yeah, that seems more right. Um, but thank you very much for the very generous uh, super chat there, Rake Jake. And Path sent one as well. A few years ago, I asked Jared, that's me. If David Warner should bat right-handed to combat a fiery spell, how do you think he could have used these ambidextrous to more effect? Is it a missed opportunity? I think that, I don't think he's ambidextrous, is he? I think he's a right-hander um, who bats left-handed, which is not quite ambidextrous. It's something else, but um, that's that's a different argument, of course. Well, what was the famous Ian Chappell um, comment? Um, he throws, he bowls his left arm and he throws right arm. He's a kleptomaniac. One of my favorite commentary lines of all time. Anyway, sorry. Huge aside there for no reason there for you, Path. Um, uh, but yes, he can bat left-handed and right-handed. The thing is, I'm not saying he can't face a couple of balls right-handed. We've certainly seen him do that against spinners occasionally. 
Has he done it against Quicks? Maybe once or twice against Quicks. I can't remember. The difference is that how much time is he ever going to practice to be able to make it so it's an international quality right-hander, right? It's a little bit different against the spinners because he's playing the, you know, the sweeps and the slog sweeps and those kinds of shots. But I want to say there was a game where he switched to right hand in the last T20 World Cup and the ball was pitched up to him on a length and he didn't have a shot to play against it. Now, if he had spent more time practicing right-handedness, would he have that? Yes. Would he be a better batter altogether? I'm going to assume not, right? He's a, he's a diligent worker. Um, he's, not, he's not like last man in the nets kind of, kind of person, but you know, he thinks about how he's going to practice and um, you know, he works very hard at certain things and when there's a problem, he will go and work on them and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it, he can't do that for both hands. It's the same as all-rounders, right? It's like when, when someone will say to me, well, Jadeja's not great at this and Jadeja's not great at that. And I was like, Jadeja being flawed in batting and bowling is fine because he spends all of his time practicing batting and bowling, which means compared to any other specialist who might have the same level of batting talent as him, they are going to spend all their time just batting, right? So Warner, I think it would be a similar thing with Warner. Yes, you could improve his right-handed batting. Would that make him a better batter all around? I would probably say no, but it's a very, very interesting question. Uh, thank you very much to Rake and to Path for their super chats and to everyone, uh, again, uh, different kind of Reddit is at the moment. And, uh, you know, the Discord chat and the Patreon people and uh, my my group, uh, are certainly, uh, and, and the comment section on, on, on the YouTube, absolutely standing up here. Um, it, it, there's so much going on in my mind every day with all these games, of course, that I get to Red Inca and I'm like, oh my God, I want to do something on the most surprising thing. And I came up with like two of them. Like, I can't even remember which ones I came up with. I think I came up with Tick Shutter. And like, what other? I can't even remember what the other one was. So uh, That was an homicide? Yeah. I came up with almost none of those things. And the rest of you absolutely stood up. But it's, I think it's really interesting. I do think it's been, we haven't had a lot of close games. Obviously, New Zealand are doing their best to try and make it so that the round robin um, stage of the tournament is not completely dead. Um, but it's not always been the sexiest tournament. Um, but there have been a lot of weird things happening. And I think that, you know, it's great that we could still um, have a tournament like that. Uh, but that's it for me uh, again. To, well, that's it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow after the next game. Um, and uh, I'm obviously doing the scoreboard shows live after every single show. But follow the main channel. We've got some really cool stuff coming up. We've got um, a couple of video essays coming up um, and some other projects as well, looking at the most improved player in ODI cricket um, and some other things around that as well. Um, and obviously the double century episodes, uh, we've got four more episodes for that to come in that series as well. But thank you everyone to your support so far, and I will see you for the next show. Thanks for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are many other extras as well, including a Discord channel. There's a link to those in the show notes. Please review, subscribe, and tell all your friends about our show. Word of mouth is the best way of making our podcast grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Barat Sundaresan and Bayram Kazi. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston. Each episode is produced by Ishit Kuberka at Sound Potion Studio. The team from 42 help us out with the video side. Orijoti Sainapayan and Maida Akam, both producing podcasts, while Mukunda Bandredi is the head of our YouTube content. 
Social media nightmares keeping you up after you turn out 25 minutes of gold on your podcast? It's time to wake up to Memento FM. They find the best designs for your posts, transforming your videos and podcasts into great social media posts. Join Memento FM today.